Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another broadcast from Crafted and Messiah. I'm your host, Gil Burgos, and we're doing another show this afternoon. Today is July 19th, 2022, and it's about 3.30 p.m. So we're looking forward again to doing another broadcast here live. You're listening to Cultural Exchange by Ted Pierce. out on Facebook. That's Who Has Ascended by Ted Pierce. Now we're going to play Adonai Mashienu right here on Grafted in Messiah. Broadcasting live worldwide. I hope you guys have been enjoying the podcast uh, that we've been having on Podomatic. If you have not been there, check it out. It's called Grafted in Messiah Podcast.
Adonai Mashinu by Ted Pierce, right here on Graph the Messiah. And now your host. All right, where we go, we're going to be broadcasting again right here live on another show right here for you. And we got an interesting topic. As always, we always have an interesting topic for you guys. Well, today we're going to be discussing something very, very interesting that a lot of people have been encountering worldwide. A lot of people have come up with this problem, and the biggest problem is Yeshua, Jesus. When you mention Jesus in, in a crowd of people, it makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> when you discuss religion or even politics or whatever, it makes people 
uncomfortable, especially religion. When you mention the word or God or religion or even Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, people get uncomfortable. Why? Because they get convicted. And people don't want to confront people. That's why people don't bring them up. And it's always a lot of people that just don't want to debate, argue, because they're not prepared for arguments and stuff like that. I understand that. We're not here to debate, argue. We're just here to bring truth to the people so they can get saved. But anyway, I think one of the biggest problems that we have here is people not uh, accepting Yeshua as the Messiah. And most Jews are guilty of that. They don't accept him as the Messiah. Why? Why do most Jews reject Jesus as the Messiah? What seems to be the problem? Well, it's been, this is nothing new. This has been going on for centuries upon centuries upon centuries. Since the time he, he we walked the earth, people didn't believe the Jews. At that time, a lot of them didn't believe who he said he was, who he claimed to be. They said he was an imposter. He said he was a heretic. They said he was this. He said he was that. They didn't believe he was the son of God. Only a few that were close to him knew who he was, the disciples and his inner circle, and people, once they got to know who he was, accepted who he said he was, which was God incarnate. But as we see uh, in modern-day times, we're still prevalent today, especially in Orthodox circles and Orthodox Jews. They don't believe that Yeshua is who he said he was. They reject it. So I'm going to be discussing that from my article today from God Questions. It's a very interesting article, and I'm going to be, as always, reflecting on what I read. So the article starts out by saying this. The Jews rejected Jesus because he failed, in their eyes, to do what they expected their Messiah to do, destroy evil and all their enemies and establish an eternal kingdom with Israel as the preeminent nation in the world. Let me stop there for a moment. That is the problem. You see, when Yeshua came upon the scene, when he did come to the earth, the people wanted him to do that. They wanted him to be a leader at, at, at that time. They wanted him to just take over uh, Rome and, and just overthrow Rome and, and, and overthrow the governments and Caesar and, and just like as if it was the second coming. They wanted him to be the king at that time and overrule the established government that was already in, in uh in effect, something that God had already instituted and put there. But they didn't want governments from pagan people, authorities. They wanted Jews, Jewish authorities like they did in the times of Moses. But things changed and the world changed and God allowed things to happen as they did. And you read the Old Testament, it's story upon story, how the Jews were very disobedient and God turned them over for their disobedience and he allowed pagan people to take control over them and rule them, and that's how it went. And even today, you still have a fight in Israel. You have the, some of the orthodox circles that they don't want Israel as a state. They don't want Israel, uh, but they just want their own. They don't want anybody ruling them but their own. They want to control Israel, and it's not going to happen. God is not a letting, letting that happen. So, we have a problem, and we're dealing with, everyone's dealing with it. And 
And every day as we go along, we're hearing more things about what's occurring in the Middle East and Palestine and how it affects Israel. And if it affects Israel, some kind of way it affects the United States because the United States works like connected with Israel. Thank God for that. But anyway, the, the article goes on to say this. It says, the prophecies in Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22 describe a suffering Messiah who would be persecuted and killed. But the Jews chose to focus instead on those prophecies that discuss his glorious victories, not his crucifixion. See, when you read Isaiah 53, it talks about the suffering servant. When you read the psalm, Psalm 22, it talks about someone dying also. It says here, the commentaries in the Talmud, written before the onset of Christianity, clearly discuss the Messianic prophecies of Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22 and puzzle over how these would be fulfilled with the glorious setting up of the kingdom of the Messiah. After the church used these prophecies to prove the claims of Christ, the Jews took the position that the prophecies did not refer to the Messiah, but to Israel or some other person. Now, that is heresy. When you read Isaiah 53, especially verses 3 through 5, it's personified. It is. It, 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 goes, it says, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that, would look, that we should look at him and no beauty that we should not desire him. And just, that's just the first two verses. If you go on to read it all, you can tell that Isaiah 53 is personified. It's not talking about a place. It's not talking about some other person. It's not talking about Israel. As some of these rabbis say, Tovia Singer is a big uh, person that says, no, 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 this has nothing to do with Jesus. Brother, <laughs> this just went over your head. You missed it on this one because you, you're, some people are just, just so close-minded to the truth and they just bent on just listening to the wrong people. And it goes down from generation to generation. They just keep hearing lies and believing the lies that people tell them. If you really read it carefully, you will see, understand that, again, this is talking about a person, a Mashiach, not a place, not Israel, not a country, not any other nation, but a person. you got to be kind of stupid if you just can't figure it out when you read it. It's in black and white. I mean, come on. You have to have some kind of common sense to you. All, all your, your reading of the religious reading, reading has made you cuckoo. I wonder sometimes with some people. Anyway, it says that the Messiah, the prophet which Moses spoke about, would come and deliver them from Roman bondage and set up a kingdom where they would be the rulers, as I said earlier. Two of the disciples, James and John, even asked to sit at Jesus' right and left in his kingdom when he came into his glory. The people of Jerusalem also thought he would deliver them. 
They shouted praises to God for the mighty works they had seen Jesus do and called out, quote, Hosanna, save us, when he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. That's from Matthew 21.9. They treated him like a conquering king. Then, when he allowed himself to be arrested, tried, and crucified on a cross, they stopped believing that he was the promised prophet. They rejected their Messiah. And Matthew 27, 22 says, Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. My goodness. These people just turned the key. You see, they were looking for instant gratification. They wanted somebody, to, like I said earlier, to come save us, release us from these pagan authorities, from Caesar, from the Romans. We don't want them as our king. We want you as our king. We want anything, anyone but these maniacs, these pagan people. We don't want them anymore. We get them out of here. So we accept Jesus. We accept whoever. But just give us a Messiah and we'll follow him. But that wasn't Jesus' mission. His mission, if you know who he was and what he came to do, was to die for the sins of the world. That was his goal, and that was his mission. But the people did not understand it. Even the disciples, James and John mentioned here in the article, didn't get it. They thought, well, I see who you are. Let's just do this. And Jesus said, no, <laughs> it's not about that. And I'm just paraphrasing. I'm not here for that. You guys got it all wrong. I'm not here to start fighting with the Romans and start a war. The zealots wanted to fight the Romans. They were constantly fighting with the zealots, and even Yeshua had one of them with him, one of his disciples was a zealot, Simon the Zealot. He accepted him, he changed him after a while, but he was all on fire. <laughs> James and John were called sons of thunder. These guys were on fire. They wanted to just go out there and just knock these guys in the head, all one by one, and get rid of them. It took a while for the Lord to rub off on them. Anyway, it goes on to say here that Paul tells the church that the spiritual blindness of Israel is a mystery that had not previously been revealed. Romans chapter 9 through 11. For thousands of years, Israel had been the one nation that looked to God while the Gentile nations generally rejected the light and chose to live in spiritual darkness. Israel and her inspired prophets reveal monotheism, one God who was personally interested in mankind's destiny of heaven or hell, the path of salvation, the written word with the Ten Commandments. Yet, Israel rejected her prophesied Messiah, and the promises of the kingdom of heaven were postponed. The veil of spiritual blindness fell upon the eyes of the Jews who previously were the most spiritually discerning people. As Paul explained, this hardening of the part of Israel led to the blessing of the Gentiles who would believe in Jesus and accept him as Lord and Savior. You see, the blessings went upon the Gentiles because they accepted the Lord. They accepted Jesus as their Messiah. The Jews said, no, we can't. It doesn't make sense to us. We're not having this. But since the Gentiles say, I'm having it. I can do this. I believe who you are. The blessing went to them. And even today, that's why you see the church was established. First, there was Jews in the church, and there's still Jews in the church today. But 
Sadly enough, there are more Gentile believers in the church than Jews. Because the modern day Jews have walked away from Christianity and embraced uh, old time Judaism, Mosaic Judaism, not even Mosaic, rabbinical rabbis. It goes all the way back down to the Pharisees, if you want to really want to put it bluntly. That's where it comes from. Modern day Judaism is just Pharisaic from the old school. Yeshua always confronted these, these men because they all had bad habits, bad traditions, made up stuff, do this, do that. None of it was scriptural. It was just hearsay. You do it this way. Wash your hands, don't do this, you know, whatever. And Yeshua always rebuked them and told them, say, why don't you wash the inside? Forget about the cup. And I'm just paraphrasing. Anyway, we're going to take a break, and now I'm going to continue when we uh, come back with our other part of the article. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. All the people are running at the sound of his voice. And now your host. From Jerusalem. Roaring like a lion All the angels are with him The people make a joyful noise It's the son of David Taking up his throne in Zion Tremble, O earth At the presence of the Lord Tremble, O nations Before the God of Israel Tremble, O earth At the presence of the Lord Tremble, O nations Before the Holy One of Jacob How the earth did shake And the heavens poured out rain When the Holy One Arises to take His place and the mountains quaked as the voice of God proclaimed, Prepare, behold, I come, this will be the day. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord. Tremble, O nations, before the God of Israel. Tremble, O presence of the Lord tremble O nations before the Holy One of Jacob exclusive thanks for listening
hands of the Lord. Tremble, O nations, for the Holy One of Jacob. The Holy One of Jacob. That my mic was a little bit too close to the speaker, so I apologize. That must have hurt your ears. All right, you're listening to Grass of the Messiah, and I'm your host, Gil Burgos. Let me turn the speaker down. And we're discussing an interesting topic here. Why do most Jews reject Jesus as the Messiah? You know, during the break, I was coming across a verse of scripture that I wanted to share with you. Uh, I didn't read it as we were reading the article, but I want to read it now from Romans eleven twenty-five, which says, let me, let me see if I can bring it up a little bit. Romans chapter 11, if you have not read that, you have to read it in context. And it talks about the grafting in of the Gentiles. When you read Romans 11, starting to read with verse 22, it says this in the NIV, take notice therefore of the kindness and severity of God, severity to those who fell, but kindness to you. If you continue in his kindness, otherwise you will also be cut off. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in speaking of the Gentiles, for God is able to graft them in again. Verse 24, for if you were cut off or cut from a wild tree and contrary to nature were grafted into one that is cultivated, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? And when we read verse 25, as the article mentioned, it says, I do not want to be I don't, do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers, so that you will not be conceited. A hardening in part has come to Israel until the full number of Gentiles have come in. Verse 26 says, And so all Israel will be saved as it is written. The deliverer will come out of Zion. He will remote godlessness from Jacob, and this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. And I'll just read one more, verse 28. Regarding the gospel, they are enemies on your account, but regarding election, they are loved on account of a patriarch, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Hallelujah. I just wanted to share that, because it wasn't really, I mean, it's mentioned in the article, but I want to just to share that, because it's very, very important that when you are hearing this, you know exactly what they are referring to. And I know they don't have time and all the space to quote all the scripture, but they are references here, but they don't always uh, put them all out. So that's why I take a moment and to reflect on just what I just read to you. So I'm reading from 
bible.actuallybiblehub.com. Now, there are all kinds of commentaries in this regard when it comes to the scripture. So when you have an opportunity, do some more research, if you can, on the verses that I just read to you. And ask the Ruach, the Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit, to reveal and open up your eyes and your ears and your spirit. Because it does say, until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. When will that be? When will that be? When would that occur? The fullness of the Gentiles. Wow. Let's get back to the article. It says, 2,000 years after he came to the nation of Israel as their Messiah, Christ is still, for the most part, rejected by the Jews. Many Jews today, some at, uh, at least half of all living Jews, identify themselves as Jewish but prefer to remain secular. They identify with no particular Jewish movement and have no understanding or affiliation with any Jewish biblical roots. The concept of Messiah as expressed in the Hebrew scriptures of Judaism, quote, 13 principles of faith, unquote, is foreign to most Jews today. I could attest to that. When you go to Israel and you go especially Tel Aviv, it's secular. These are Israelis. A lot of them not religious. They say it. They says, I'm not religious. You keep kosher? I don't keep kosher. You follow the Torah? No. Do you believe? Yes, I believe it. But I just don't follow it. They don't know God any more than the person down the street here that, that's from another planet. They don't know God just because they're born Jewish. Does that make you saved? Absolutely not. But some of them think just because they were born in Israel, they're born from Jewish parents, that's their key. That's their ticket to heaven. There was a man in the Bible. Remember him? John chapter 3. His name was Nicodemus. He probably thought the same. But Jesus told him, you live in Israel, you're from Israel, you're teaching Israel, and you don't know these things, the things I'm teaching you, and things I'm saying. Are they foreign to you? They're not, right? But what spirit is spirit? You're not getting it. He didn't. He was so full of stuff in his head, religion and rituals and all kinds of theology that he missed the only opportunity, and he, thank God he got it at the end, he got born again. Yeshua Tom, you must be born again. And he was eventually born again. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But that shouldn't take people by surprise that people in, in Israel <laughs> are not following any type of religious anything. They don't. I mean, go, go there one day and you'll see. <laughs> you be... <laughs> I mean, I've been there. I've seen it from my, with my own eyes. I didn't think it would be like. Sometimes people have this misconception. They think that everybody in Israel is saved. Everybody in Israel follows God. Everybody in Israel obeys the Torah. Not so. Just like over here in the States, you have people that have nothing to do with God and may say, well, I was born Christian. My parents are Christian. I'm, well, they always say, I'm Catholic. What does that mean? Does that mean well, I was baptized as a baby? Does, what does that mean? I know what that is. I've heard of that. I've seen that. I know people that believe that, but it's not true. That doesn't make you born again. You have to have an encounter with God, a spiritual thing. 
washing of the flesh, you know, mikvahs and all this stuff on the outward, it does nothing to the spirit of man. You have to be regenerated. The spirit is dead if you don't know God. That's what the Bible says. When Adam died, everyone died. They were born in sin. And that was it. Sin passed down, was passed down to us. If you read the book of Romans, it speaks all about that, starting from the first chapter all the way to the end. It talks about the redemption of human coming back to God and how God redeemed them and brought them back and all the other stuff that Paul writes to the Romans, who were not Jews, by the way, but became Christians. Hallelujah. Let me finish up here. It says, but one concept, one concept is generally held as universal. Jews must have nothing to do with Jesus. That's what they say. Most Jews today perceive that last, the last 2,000 years of historical Jewish persecution to be, the, be at the hands of so-called Christians. Let me stop there for a moment. And you know what? They believe that Hitler was, uh, uh, was part of the church or was a so-called quote-unquote Christian. That's what they think. He wasn't a Christian. Where you get that from? Another lie. That guy was no Christian. Please. That's because he visited some people and the church shook hands, took some pictures with the Pope and all that stuff. You think that made him a Christian? My God. But people believe the lies and they think, yeah, 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 all Christians have some type of tr uh, tie into all these people in Germany and, and you know, they're all part of that, all the same stuff. And Jesus goes all the way back, he, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's pagan and, and his, all these Christians are tied into Jesus and Jesus is was against God and he was against the Torah and, and they are so ignorant. It's sad. It's sad. But for the last 2,000 years, they think that the Christians were part of the Holocaust, which is not true. Not true. It says here, from the Crusades to the Inquisition, the pogroms in Europe, I'm pronouncing that correctly, to Hitler's Holocaust, Jews ultimately believe that they are being held responsible for the death of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, let me go, let me re rephrase that. Jews ultimately believe that they are being held responsible for the death of Jesus Christ and are being persecuted for that reason. They therefore reject him today. So they're saying, we got this sent to us from God because of Jesus. Huh? Where'd you get that one from? Not true. And the devil is a liar. It's sad why people would believe such a lie. But because why? It's passed down from generation to generation, lies upon lies upon lies, and people believe it, and they pass it on to their children and their family, and then it's like a traditional thing, and they want nothing to do with their Messiah, which is Yeshua. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, verse 6. No one no one, absolutely no one, comes to the Father except by me. No one comes to Adonai. No one comes to Yahweh. No one comes to God Almighty, but by through Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. He is your ticket. You cannot get to God on your own works, your own merit, your own mitzvahs, everything you do. Not saying that what you're doing is bad. You can do good works, but it doesn't gain salvation. God will bless you, yes, for your good works, but it is not your ticket to heaven. There's a lot of people out, of, out there in the world that don't know God, and they do good things. <laughs> they donate to charity. They 
donate to cancer organizations and they donate to people that are homeless and they feed the hungry and they send money overseas to dying, starving children in Ethiopia and so forth and so on, but they wouldn't know God if God smacked them in the face. And that's the God's honest truth. Yep, they do good things and God blesses them. But it doesn't mean they're going to heaven. As the Bible says, you reap what you sow. You sow good, you get good. So God will honor his word. All right. You still don't know me. It's like you have children, right? And you have a, you're there hanging out, a bunch of kids playing. Your child is one of the four or five kids that are there. And what are you going to do? Just give one a lollipop? Because, uh, oh, you guys all did good. They all played a game. Maybe they played a game. They all played a game of basketball. And your son was part of the team. And they all won. And, and you're going to want to reward only one? No, you're going to say, okay, here's your candy, and here's a candy for you, here's a candy for you, here's a candy for you, here's a candy for you. Good job, guys. But only one of them is your son. Get the picture. It says, the good news is that many Jews are turning to Christ today. Hallelujah. The God of Israel has always been faithful to keep his remnant, quote unquote, of believing Jews to himself. And the United States alone, some estimates say that there are over 100,000 Jewish believers in Jesus, and the numbers are growing all the time. I'm not satisfied with that, to be honest with you. Now that I read that, that should be a million, not 100,000. I think it's too little. I think we need to really, really, really pray for them. I know it's not easy going up to a person that doesn't know Jesus, especially a Jew. I know it's not easy. But you can show them the love of God, and you can show that you're different and that you love them and you can share Yeshua maybe in some kind of way and they may ask you, why are you like this? Why are you different from the others? And you say, because he's changed my life. So if you're listening today to this podcast and you don't know the Lord Yeshua as your Messiah, come to him and he will save you. You need him. You can't do it alone. You can't do it by yourself. You were born Jewish, but that doesn't make you save and does not your ticket to heaven because Jesus says so alright guys let me play one more song and then we'll be back for our closing thoughts and now why do the nations rage and the people but in vain Kings of the earth have set themselves and their rulers plan together against the Lord and his anointed. And they say, let us break these chains in pieces, cast away the cords that bind us. He who sits in heaven laughs, he will answer in his wrath. Distress them in his anger And blessed are those Who put their trust in him Blessed are those Who put their trust in him Blessed are those Who put their trust in him Their trust in him I will tell of his decree 
said to me Today you are my only son For I have begotten thee And I will give you all the nations And blessed are those Who put their trust in Him Oh, blessed are That was Psalm 2 by Ted Pierce, Cultural Exchange. Hallelujah. Great song. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's broadcast on Grafted and Messiah. 
For more information on the ministry, visit us at www.gilburgos.com. Also, we're going to be revamping our new website. I'm trying to bring the domain over to graftedthemessiah.org. Right now, it's forwarding to the other website until I'm able to switch it over. It's a thing that uh, when you get a website, they just don't let you forward it just like that. You have to keep it locked for about two months. And then after that, you're able to forward it to other places. And then soon enough, you'll be able to go to the new website. For anyway, you can go check it out on gilbergles.com. Just click on the link on top that says Podomatic, and it'll take you to the new podcast page that you're able to hear these broadcasts as well as others. Amen. Well, that's it, guys. I'm out of time. Until the next time I see you, may the Lord richly bless you and yours and your family. Take care, and God willing, we'll see you next week on Grafted in Messiah. Shalom. Ways be known.